Happy Thursday. It is Thursday, March 9th, and this is Talking Sports with Evan, an actual video broadcast this time. It's uh, been a couple weeks since I've done a video broadcast. The last two shows have been audio only, which you can find anywhere podcasts are found. And uh, lots to talk about here tonight. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' rumors being flawed thrown all over the place of will he or will he not be a new york jet and when or if is when is it going to happen if it does in fact happen i'm going to talk about the latest on aaron Rodgers and what i'm expecting and my whole thought thought process on moving on from the four-time league mvp talk about some pros of that and then some cons too um going to throw that out there as well um the badgers lost to ohio state in the big 10 tournament and does that mean that the packers i mean the badgers ncaa tournament hopes are over possibly we'll see we'll find out um pretty soon uh bracket brackets come out on sunday going to give my thoughts on the state of the Badger basketball program. I gave one a few weeks ago. going to give another one. And we're going to jump on the Wayback Machine. The Wayback Machine as do you remember three years ago this week on just how strange and how weird things were in the world. And three years ago Saturday, the world of sports shut down and it was the world of sports to start with um when uh gobert tested positive uh for covid he was the first major well tom hanks was the first but i don't think he was in the country at the time but he was the first major person in this country to test positive for covid19 at the time we didn't really know anything about it and shortly after that the nba suspended their season Major League Baseball followed suit. The NCAA uh, ended their their um, their conference tournaments immediately, and shortly after that, we started having restrictions and um, things like that. And we didn't really know what was going to happen. I remember I remember those days fairly well. I um, was a producer, I still am a producer, but I was a producer at WTMJ in Milwaukee, and we did a WTMJ night show with Scott Warris, and we had to throw to the baseball game, but instead we threw it to Donald Trump to address the nation, then threw it to the baseball game, um, rain delay, and then during that game we find out, it was a late game because they were playing the Dodgers, uh, And it was a later game for whatever reason. And it was just strange. You had the Gobert news come out. Then what's going to happen? I think the NBA canceled all their games for the next day as they figured out what the next steps were going to be. I think Yale or the Ivy League canceled their conference uh, tournament first. And then the rest of the NCAA followed suit. And it was, like I said, it was a very interesting time. And to quote Brian Noonan, who uh, who hosted TMJ nights quite frequently back then and still does today, people were buying up toilet paper left and right. Why do we need so much toilet paper? 
So I'm I'm bringing that up because, like I said, it was like three years ago to the day almost that uh, things changed and shifted big time in the world of sports. And I had Kevin Holden of CBS 58 on my show. He's the sports director at CBS 58, for those that don't know. And I had him on my show. And the topic was, um, it was June of that year. So we were about a month away from the bubble. We were a few weeks away from Major League Baseball coming to an agreement on playing the 2020 season, although a shorter season. And we, uh, the NFL was still figuring out what they were going to do. And I had Kevin Holden on my show, and the main focus was, what does a sports department do when there's no sports? And it was a great conversation. You can find it. I tweeted it out at Evan with Sports. I tweeted it out. You can find it anywhere podcasts are found. You can scroll way back to uh, June 29th of 2020, um, talking sports with Evan, uh, and give a listen and hear what Kevin had to say. It was a fun show overall. We talked about that. Then we talked about NBA season restarting, baseball restarting, and what to expect in the NFL. and. It's a time that I hope we don't have to go back to. I know COVID's still real. It's still out there. It's still affecting people. Long COVID is a thing. I know people close to me that, and people that I know that are greatly affected by long COVID. But it's, you know, I I know we've learned a lot too. And I hope we don't have to go back to how things were in the first few days of, uh, COVID really taking over here in the U.S. And I remember um, prior to when it first started out in China and then Italy, um, talking to uh, Sunday mornings to Mario Ruffalo, who used to host the show in Racine. I had to be his tech support. And he was freaking out about it. And I'm kind of just playing it off like, yeah, you know, it's whatever. It's not going to be too bad. Uh Think of SARS. It was here for a few weeks or months, and then it burned out, and then it was gone. And that's what I was expecting, and boy, was I wrong. But again, point I'm making, it was very strange times, and it was a great show that I did with Kevin Holden. I'm going to work to get him back on the show um, pretty soon. Have a lot to discuss now with sports with him. You have the the Bucks who are beating the Brooklyn Nets right now, 64-47. to 47. They're one nineteen of twenty, um, or looking to win nineteen of twenty. No Giannis again, knee, wrist, and illness are are pretty much what's keeping him out of the lineup tonight. Uh, affected him the last game too was an illness, so we'll see um, what exactly the issue is with Giannis and the the new addition. Jake Crowder has been playing extremely well for the Bucks. Eight points here tonight in sixteen minutes and playing some good basketball. Bobby Portis, 19 points in the first half in 14 minutes, doing his Giannis impersonation. And uh, Chris Middleton, only three points in 15 minutes, but it's great to see Middleton getting a start for second game in a row. They fly out to Golden State on Saturday, and we'll see how the Bucks do in Golden State. The Golden State Warriors struggling away from home Big time, but they have one of the best home records in the NBA. And it's a rare 7.30 tip-off in Golden State here on the West Coast. And I'll take it. Typically, the West Coast games are 
9, 9.30 here in the Midwest, but I'll take a 7.30 Central time start out in Golden State. Thank you for being a national game on ABC. I definitely appreciate that. But the Bucks are definitely looking like the top team in the NBA right now. Um, I know we still have a long ways to go, but they're currently two games up over the Boston Celtics for the one seed, four games up over the 76ers, um, and six and a half came up over Cleveland. I think the one seed is officially just a three-team race between the Bucks, Celtics, and the 76ers. But the Bucks are being the red hot team right now. Uh, nine and one in their last ten, winning two in a row, looking to win three in a row. Uh, they've won nine straight on the road. They've beaten uh, who they beat the other night, Orlando, for the fourteenth straight time. And hopefully the the Bucks continue this hot streak into the playoffs and they get that one seed. Because the nice thing about that one seed this year. And I know the Bucks were the three seed the year they won the title. They were the three seed last year too, but they got because they were the the three seed. They got stuck playing Boston in the second round without Middleton. If they were the one seed, which they kind of rolled waved that white flag in Game eighty two, falling into that three spot. First of all, if you're the two seed, you got Game seven against Boston at home. If you if you get that one seed. You're not playing, you know, Boston, Miami are playing in the second round and you're playing a much better matchup in the second round uh, that you could probably win without Chris Middleton. And now Eastern Conference Finals, you likely possibly have Chris Middleton coming back and who knows what changes. But I think that one seed this season is especially important because right now, if the playoffs were to start today as is, I'm not going to get into the playing games and all that, which... The Raptors and the Wizards sit at 9 and 10. The Hawks are the 8th seed right now. So you likely play, let's say, the Hawks in the first round of the playoffs. Second round, you're going to get the winner of the Cavaliers and the Knicks. If you are that 2 or that 3 seed, you're going to get the Heat. And then you have to play likely the Knicks or Boston if you're that 2 or that 3 seed. That's a tough – that's going to be – you're going to have to beat – the Knicks or Boston, and then beat the Knicks, I mean, 76ers or Boston, I'm sorry. You have to beat the 76ers or Boston in the second round if you're the two or the three seed, then have to beat the 76ers in Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals to get to the NBA Finals, where you're likely at this time, in my opinion, going to play the Phoenix Suns. I said back when Tristan Thomas was on my show weeks ago that look out for Phoenix. They won four in a row. I know Durant's going to be out now for likely the rest of the regular season. But they're starting to peak at that right time when it's a four in a row. They're up to that four seed now. They're making a run. The Grizzlies, we'll see what happens to the Grizzlies. Losers are three in a row. John Morant likely done for the year with his off-the-court antics, uh, flashing guns on Instagram live videos and whatnot. I trust the Suns more than the Grizzlies and the Kings and the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are going to keep that one seed, but look out for the Suns and look out for Golden State if they can figure out how to win on the road. They're seven and twenty-five on the road, one of the worst home, re- I mean, road records in the NBA. And I think it's safe to say that it's the worst, the worst road record for playoff teams. So, 
But I like the Bucks' chances, especially coming from that one seed to reach the NBA Finals. If they continue to play the way they're playing, it sucked losing to Philly on Saturday. That was a tough loss. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really bother them much. They're still first place in the East. They still have a two-game lead. And Boston has some tough matchups coming up. Uh, they have the Hawks on Saturday who are fighting for their playoff hopes. Uh, they got a, the Kings left on their roster on March 21st. They got the Bucks again on March 30th. They got the Hawks on a, um, a, April 9th to end the season. They got Toronto a couple times more. Toronto's fighting for their playoff hopes right now. Yeah, you got the the Rockets and the Timberwolves and the Trailblazers, which should be easy victories. Then you got the Jazz and the King and the Pacers and the, you know, those guys still on that roster too. I mean, on that uh, right on that schedule as well. So, Bucks have a great shot at getting that one seed. I'm hoping they can get it, and we'll see what happens with the rest of the regular season. And the Bucks have some tough games left too. Um, the game's not over against the Nets yet, even though the Nets are sitting a lot of people. It's still not over, up 64-47 at halftime. They got Golden State, and they got the Kings, and they got the Suns on their three-game West Coast trip where you got the the five-seed, the two-seed, and the four-seed all in the Western Conference coming up March 11th, 13th, and 14th. You got the Raptors on March 19th, who always seem to give the Bucks all they can handle for whatever reason. You got the Nuggets on the road on March 25th. The last time they played the Nuggets, uh, Jokic didn't play, and the Nuggets rested a lot of players, and the Bucks had to give a lot of effort to win that game. Then you got the Celtics on the 30th of March at home. You got the 76ers April 2nd at home. You got the Bulls April 5th at home. You got the Grizzlies April 7th at home. And you got the Raptors April 9th on the road to close out the season. I guess the point I make in the Bucks do have a tough schedule left. But the way the Bucks are playing, the way they're made, the way they are made up, if they can keep keep guys healthy and get healthy. The Bucks can definitely, be, I think the Bucks are definitely the best team in the Eastern Conference. Moving on, Badgers, before I talk about the big elephant in the room, which I think a lot of you are listen, uh, going to be watching or listening for anyways, but the, Elef- the Badgers, tough loss to Ohio State in the Big Ten, Big Ten Tournament. And the Badgers really did it the opposite of how they usually do it. So typically, Wisconsin, they jump out to a big lead and they almost either give it up or they almost give it up at the end, make it a lot more interesting than it needs to be. And they either end up losing or um, just barely holding by, holding off the opponent to get the win. This game, Ohio State jumps out to a 36-18 to lead at halftime, completely annihilating Wisconsin. Over 20-point lead, and then the Badgers cut it to five at one point, and they outscore Ohio State 39-29 in the second half and end up losing 65-57. to So like I said, Wisconsin did it the opposite. Normally, they're the team that jumps up to the big lead, and then they end up coming close or blowing it in the end. 
Again, this time it was the opposite. And it was quite embarrassing to watch. And it's been quite embarrassing to watch Badger basketball most of this season. And the question is, what happens from now? Well, Tyler Wall might come back for a fifth year. Chucky Hepburn is going to be a year older as a junior. Connor Asijin is going to be a sophomore, Big Ten freshman, all-freshman team. Jordan Davis will be another year older. Kamari McGee will be another year older. But the question is, who's going to score? That's the big issue for the Badgers. And Steve talks NIT for the Badgers. We'll see if they go NIT. I think they still have about a 5 to 10% chance of being picked in the NCAA tournament. The the bubble teams are just not that good this year, just like Wisconsin and maybe the selection committee, whoever is on the selection committee. I don't think we've ever quite learned fully who is on the selection committee and how they go about making their decisions. I don't think we've ever really known that for sure. I'll be curious to know who specifically is on the NCAA tournament selective committee. But I think Wisconsin has a 5 to 10% chance of being picked to play in one of the play-in games. I hope they don't. I would rather go NIT or nothing at all. We'll see what happens. But the question is, what's going to be different next year? They do have a few guys coming in, for uh, I think two or three freshmen coming in, who look to be pretty good. But... You can't depend on freshmen, especially the freshman Wisconsin, typically recruits because typically the freshman Wisconsin recruit needs a couple years to get their feet wet. Chucky Hepburn and Asijin were rarities that they got a lot of playing time as a freshman. I think Chucky Hepburn was the first true freshman to start a point guard for Wisconsin since the Carter administration. I think it's been that long, maybe not quite that long, but you get my point. Um, you can't depend on freshmen. So how is this team going to be different next year? With or without a new coach, this team's not going to be that much different next year unless you really attack the transfer portal and bring in some more established guys like you did with, uh, you know, you did with, I, guess, uh, I think the guy I was thinking of is hurt right now. Um, but you're going to have a hard time bringing in uh, – a lot of guys in from the transfer portal, potentially. Me, personally, and this is more of the difference between what I think is going to happen and what I would like to see happen. What I would like to see happen is the Badgers make the tough decision to move on from Gray Guard. And it would be a tough decision because he's done some good things for you and quite recently. But I think he's maxed out what he can do with this university. You've seen McIntosh do it with the football program. My brother's brought this up too. He's shown he's not afraid to pull that trigger to try to improve things at this university and not settling for mediocrity. You know, we don't know if Luke Fickle is going to win when the games matter, but since Luke Fickle's been the head football coach at Wisconsin, it's driven up interest in Wisconsin almost instantly in football. A lot of uh, recruits coming in, transfer portal guys coming in. They got more quarterbacks than they uh, than they need. They got enough quarterbacks to almost field a baseball team if they wanted to. So a lot of excitement is on the football team right now. They let go of Tony Granado, who has had some bad years as the men's hockey coach. 
I think it's almost time to say that Greg Gard should be next. And I have my next guy in mind. I have the guy I want who I think would be a great choice for the Badger head basketball coach. And you don't have to go very far to get him. He is a Wisconsin native. He's coached at Burlington Catholic Central High School in Burlington, Wisconsin. He's from Milwaukee. Um, I would like TJ Otzelberger, or however you pronounce his name, who is a current head basketball coach at um, Iowa State. As I mentioned, he was the head coach at Burlington Catholic Central from 2001 to 2004. He's been an assistant coach at Iowa State, Washington, Iowa State again, head coach at South Dakota State, head coach at UNLV, head coach at Iowa State. He has a career 140 and 88 record. He's two and three in the NCAA tournament. He's a two-time Summit League tournament champion two-time Summit League regular season champion, Summit League coach of the year in 2018. I I think he would be a good choice to be the head basketball coach at Wisconsin. And he, um, the team he was an assistant at, Chipola College, that team won 33 and 4 and won the conference, uh, placed third at the 2015 NJCAA National Tournament in Kansas. Again, I think he would be a great addition to the Badger program. He's from Milwaukee. He knows the state of Wisconsin very well. He's had Wisconsin play, uh, kids on his team. Uh, the guy at um, Indiana got traded there from. The Kings, he played at Iowa State from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, kid of Texas. Uh, he played at uh, Iowa State before transferring to Texas. I think it'll be a great idea to bring him in to be the head basketball coach at Wisconsin. It's a very tough conference in the Big 12, and he's finished 41 and 60, uh, 41 and 25 with a 62% winning winning percentage during his time at Iowa State. That's who I want to replace Greg Gard. Shaka Smart would be high on that list too, but he's not leaving Marquette. But that's who I would take. That's who I would want to be the Badgers' next head basketball coach. And now it's time to talk about the elephant in the room. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Charles Rodgers. Been the head, I mean the head, the quarterback for the Badger football team. I mean the the Packer football team since twenty oh eight two thousand eight. He's been there since two thousand eight. The head the as the starting quarterback for the Packers. He was drafted in two thousand five with um, Brett Favre, still looking like he was going to be a. Uh, high-caliber player, even though he was saying the I might retire, I might not, year after year after year after year. Um, But ultimately, the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers, and following the 2007 season, where the Packers lost in the NFC Championship game to the Giants in a game where Brett Favre did not look like he wanted to be anywhere near the field, 
they moved on and moved on to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Charles Rodgers, to be their head, uh, their starting quarterback since 2008. Now we're getting to the time, and I talked about it to the show, audio only. You can find it anywhere podcasts are found on Spotify, iTunes, and uh, whatnot. You can find it anywhere podcasts are found. I talked about this. The comments that Brian Gutenkus made at the NFL scouting combine prior to the combine to the local media for the for the Packers was very telling. He never flat out said that I want Aaron Rodgers back to be my starting quarterback. He said it has to be the right fit for us to want him back. Lots of interesting comments there. Monday comes out. Of course, the day after I do my show, and I'm sure Rogers will get traded to the Jets about 10 minutes or a day after I do this show. The pack it comes out that the Packers have given Aaron Rodgers permission or the Jets permission to talk directly to Aaron Rodgers to see if they can talk to him and see if he even wants to be a New York Jet. Because that's the next step. The Packers can go ahead and trade him. They can trade him anybody they want, but the question is, does Aaron Rodgers want to play for that team? And that's the next step in this whole situation is does Aaron Rodgers want to continue to play football and does he want to continue to play football for the New York Jets? If Aaron Rodgers says, yes, the trade is going to happen, Rodgers will be a Jet, he'll be out of Green Bay, you have an $8 million cap hit that you have to face this season, but you clear a lot of money from the books um, for next year. Um you take that money off the books, you got about $40 million clear next year. Um, good $50, 60000000 million clear from 2025, and even more money cleared in 2026 by moving on from Aaron Rodgers in a trade. But again, he has to want to go play for whoever you trade him for. You're especially going to get more and better compensation from whatever team you trade him to if he's willing to Say, yes, I'm willing to play for you guys for a couple years before I hang it up. And a team like the Jets, who, be quite honest, no disrespect to um, to Joe Namath, they've really never had a true franchise quarterback. They had Brett Favre for a year. To me, Joe Namath isn't as good as advertised. Um, he was good in his era, but he wasn't that good great the last great last really good Jets quarterback is Brett Favre in 2008 Mark Sanchez was adequate at best Chad Pennington prior to that was okay you had Geno Smith you had a lot you have Ryan Fitzpatrick you've had a lot of quarterback options Zach Wilson um, come through New York and you've not had any good quarterback play since Brett Favre and you had him for one year in 2008. Then he went to Minnesota and had an MVP caliber year in Minnesota before he fell off the cliff. What you're hoping for, if you're the Jets and you trade for Rodgers, you're hoping you get what you got from Brett Favre for the first, what, eight, nine weeks of the year before he tore his bicep. That's the production you're hoping to get. You're hoping you get MVP Rodgers. He's quick to adjust to the offense. Well, he should be able to play the offense because it's going to be his offense. Nathaniel Hackett's going to let him do whatever he wants to do. 
Nathaniel Hackett's not going to tell him what to do. <laughs> That's, he's just going to be like, this is what we're doing, Nathaniel. Cool. Awesome. Let's do it. I don't know if Robert Sala is going to be able to handle that ego. And we'll see what happens in New York. But I, I think this is the closest we've been during these last three years of Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't know if scandal is the right word, but Aaron Rodgers drama. This is the the first time in that three-year window where I truly feel he may not be the Packers' starting quarterback for the first time since the 2008 season. And what does that mean? If Aaron Rodgers isn't back traded to the Jets or he retires, Jordan Love is going to have every opportunity to be the starting quarterback in 2023. And I say every opportunity because if the Packers are smart, they're not just going to hand him the job. He's going to have to show that he can earn it and he's ready to earn it. Because if you just throw him the job and he's not ready to earn that job, and he just gets it by default and he struggles, you're in a world for an in for a world of hurt. And I hear all the sports talk shows in the area. I see on Twitter, I see on Facebook that next season, if Jordan Love is a starting quarterback, the Packers are going to be very bad because Jordan Love's going to be awful. I want to ask why. What have we seen from Jordan Love to really make us know 100% that he is going to be very awful? We don't know enough about what Jordan Love is. We don't know enough about him. We don't know if he is a serviceable NFL starting quarterback. I think he's shown that he is a starting quarterback in this league. But there's a lot of bad quarterbacks starting in the NFL right now. You had Marcus Mariota starting last year in Atlanta. He was bad. You had... um, uh, Heineke and Carson Wentz starting in Washington, and they were bad. Russell Wilson was the starting quarterback for the Broncos, and he played awful last year. Derek Carr was bad in Las Vegas. Um, I don't think of what other teams are out there. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, my point is you had some bad quarterback play in the NFL last year, and The thing is, Jordan Love does not need to be Aaron Rodgers. He does not need to be Brett Favre. He needs to be Jordan Love. I've seen from watching the games he's played in this year, preseason and regular season, I know he didn't throw a lot of passes in either situation. I've, I've read what teammates have said. I've read articles of what beat writers have written. I've listened to what the coaching staff have said, and I flat out listened to what Aaron Rodgers has said, and Jordan Love looks like he has gone night and day different than what he was in day one in Green Bay, which was a very tough situation because you got to remember, he was drafted in 2020. He, uh, or 2019, anyways, his first year in the NFL, there was no offseason activity at all. There were no preseason games. There was really no practice whatsoever. Training camp happened, and it was poof, it was done in a blink of an eye. 
because of COVID. So Jordan Love didn't have a good rookie year because he didn't have a, a rookie season like most rookies have. And the NFL comes at you very quickly. The OTAs and all those other stuff help you become, learn and adjust to the NFL before you get thrown in game action. And he didn't play at all in year one because they didn't get a chance to really work with him much and they knew he wasn't ready to run the offense. So they kept, uh, what, Tim Boyle as their backup quarterback in Jordan Love's first year in the league in 2020. Then 2021, he's the backup. He gets more reps. He started against Kansas City. He finished the game against Detroit. Um, he looked much, he looked better, but not great. A little bit more confident. And then the 2022 offseason into training camp, into spot duty against Minnesota in week one, against Philadelphia after Rodgers left the game hurt. Jordan Love looked night and day like a different quarterback. He looked confident. He looked poised. He looked like he had control. He was getting the ball out on schedule, making good reads, attacking the defenses. So to me, Jordan Love has shown some progression from what he was in year one in Green Bay to now he has shown to me a lot of progression to makes me think he's not going to be that awful. And there might, there's going to be growing pains in year one. Well, where things might not click, things might, things might struggle early on. It may look very similar to Ryan Rogers first year, starting in 2008, where it was very up and down. I'm okay with that. They're going to do the best they can to put a team around him in uh, in 2023. And then with trading Aaron Rodgers and possibly including David Bakhtiari in that trade, you're clearing a lot of money in tw- for 2024 that you can go on a bit of a spending spree to try to build the team and the, the program that you want around Jordan Love. And the, kind of what the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers. 2008, the Packers finished 6-10. and 10. 2009, they made the playoffs. We got to be patient in 2023 if Jordan Love is the starting quarterback as he develops and becomes an NFL talent. And again, he doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have to be a Hall of Fame quarterback for the Packers to be successful and make the Super Bowl. The 49ers made the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo at their quarterback spot. They made the playoffs with Brock Purdy starting a good chunk of their games. The Raiders made the playoffs in 2021 with Derek Carr as their starting quarterback. The Lions had a winning record for the first time in a long time with Jared Goff having a career year as their quarterback. The Rams made a Super Bowl with Jared Goff as their starting quarterback. The point I'm making is you don't have to be Aaron Rodgers good or Pat Mahomes good or Tom Brady good to be a good quarterback in this league. He doesn't have to be Tom Brady or Mahomes or Rodgers. He doesn't have to be up here. He can be around here or here, and the Packers can still be successful. 
we got to watch the expectations that we put on Jordan Love and be patient. He has made strides. He has shown improvement. His confidence looks better. His teammates have said positive things about him on how much he's changed from year one to now and how he's having better command of the huddle in practice. Things that were said about Rodgers between 05, 06, 07, that 07 is when things really started to click for Aaron Rodgers were in 05, 06, 07, where the scout team were kicking the crap out of the Packers' defense because of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, ultra-competitive, he was running that scout team, and that's where Rodgers really showed that he could be something in the NFL. And I know it's practice, it's not against live reps and all that. But Jordan Love in 2022, from everything I've seen reported, showed in practice that he's ready to be the man. And I'm curious to see what we see from Jordan Love. I would love for Aaron Rodgers to be the starting quarterback in 2023. I would be all for that. But I'm also ready to see what the next chapter of Packer football looks like. They got a solid team, as is. Aaron Jones took a pay cut to stay. Christian Watson made big strides late in the year um, after he got finally healthy. Romeo Dobbs looked good from time to time. The offensive line finally looked good after they got settled. And I know Nijman is a free agent, a restricted free agent. Bakhtiari could be moved. But you got depth at the offensive line position. Defensively, you got talent at every level on defense. Kenny Clark on the defensive line. Quay Walker, Devon De Campbell at middle linebacker. You got Preston and Rashawn Gary at outside. Jair Alexander at corner. Um, Stokes could be the next guy. He had an injury-plagued uh, season before. You know, He wasn't looking good before an uh, injury ended his season. But he's still a young guy. Rasul Douglas got better as the season went on. I know Joe Barry is still your coach, and Joe Barry's not very good as a defensive coordinator, and I'm tired and sad that Joe Barry is still around as a defensive coordinator. But the point I'm making, there's still talent on the defensive side of the football. So this is a better team than the Packers were in 2008 when they went 6-10, and 10, in my opinion. I know the wide receiving room in 2008 was better. You had Driver. You had Jennings, you had Jordy Nelson, you had Jones. You had a really loaded wide receiver room. But you got a nice young wide receiver room right now where I think you're going to bring a a draft pick or two in, maybe a free agent then, and bring in more competition to this wide receiver room and bring in more competition to this team overall. With or without Rodgers, they got to bring better competition into certain position groups in this team, especially wide receiver and tight end. And what were the what will an Aaron Rodgers trade to the Jets look like? I've heard rumblings that Bakhtiari could be included in it. And when the Packers have not restructured his contract yet, makes you really wonder what's going on with David Bakhtiari and his contract. Are the Packers looking to up offload that too? Are the Packers going to get any players back from it? I, I I would prefer a first-round pick from the Jets, but I don't know if they can get a first-round pick based off the money the Jets would have to absorb. They have to have $15 million in cap space in order to 
bring Aaron Rodgers aboard and the possibility that you're only getting him for a one-year rental is also a scary proposition for you as well. So you're going to have a hard time potentially getting a first-round pick. I think if Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the Jets and Sauce Gardner was on his live stream with a few, a couple other teammates, and he said that Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is a package deal, my guess is Rodgers is going to want Randall Cobb to come to New York. He's going to want Mercedes Lewis to come to New York. He's going to want Alan Lazard to come to New York. He's going to want the Jets to trade for David Bakhtiari as well. He's probably giving the Jets these demands too. For me to come to your team, for me to agree to play for this year and possibly next, this is what I need you to do for me. But if he does become a Jet, I'm not going to cheer for the Jets, but I'm going to wish him well. He brought nothing but great memories during his time as a Packer, other than the strange-ish off-the-field stuff. He's brought a lot of great memories. He brought the Lombardi Trophy back to Green Bay. He's brought four MVPs to Green Bay, multiple playoff bursts to Green Bay. At times, he looked like the best quarterback in the NF- we've ever seen in the NFL quarterback play in Green Bay. And I'm going to wish him well, and I hope he does well in New York. Grass isn't always greener on the other side, both not just for the Packers moving on from Rodgers, but for Rodgers as well. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. And I'm excited to see what a Matt LaFleur, truly Matt LaFleur coach team looks like where we're running Matt LaFleur's offense. We're not running a variation of what Matt LaFleur wants to do. We're running what Matt LaFleur wants to do. I'm excited for that. So before I do let you go, I do have some exciting news to share with you all. Baseball season right around the corner. It is baseball season right around the corner. Opening day, so close. NBA playoffs, so close. And I know back when we had the whole Taylor Swift tobacco with Ticketmaster, we heard about ticket fees and processing fees and all that stuff nonstop. Well, I have a fun alternative for you, a great alternative. TickPick. TickPick is a site where you can get tickets on the secondary market without any fees. No fees at all for TickPick. The only one, the only ticket brokerage outlet out there that can claim that. And if you're interested in getting your Brewers, your Bucks, your Cubs, your Cardinals, your Twins, your Nets, your whoever tickets... Click on the link tree at the top of my Twitter page at Evan with Sports. The top of Talking Sports with Evan, there's a link tree icon. Click on that link tree icon, click on it, and click on Tick Pick. Free, fee free tickets. Click on that, and you can find any ticket you can think of. You can, you could get. 
Bucks Pacers tickets on the 16th for as low as $30. You can get Bucks 76ers for as low as $58. Bucks Bulls for as low as $51. And like I said, you're paying the $51 plus tax. You're not paying any other fee except for tax. Fortunately, we can't get away from the tax. But when you're getting two tickets to the Bucks and the Bulls, $51 for a ticket, you're paying $102. I'm sorry, $107. That's what you're paying. $5 sales tax, $51 for each ticket, zero service fees, $107 for your Bucks versus Bulls tickets coming up in a few weeks. That's awesome. No fees. You can get tickets for no fees through TickPick. And again, click on at Evan with Sports on Twitter. Talking Sports with Evan on Facebook. Evan with Allison on Facebook. Click on Linktree. I'm going to put the link in the description of this podcast as well for my Spotify and iTunes and whatnot listeners. You click on Linktree. Click on TickPick. And boom, sign up. Sign up as a new customer with your email address. Guess what, too? 10% off your first purchase. So TickPick, no fee, no hidden fees for any tickets you can find. And they have all tickets that are 100% guaranteed to be valid. There's ever an issue. If there's ever an issue, they replace them on the spot. TickPick. Take advantage of it. Fee-free tickets. So I'm happy and proud to announce that I am now an affiliate and a partner with TickPick. And when you order using that link in my bio, in my Linktree bio on Twitter and Facebook, you're also helping me out too. So with that said, I will plan to have a show next week talking wherever Aaron Rodgers is, Green Bay, Mexico, Peru, South America, other places in South America, or in Green Bay, I will talk about it. Talk NCAA tournament as well. The selection Sunday is this Sunday. And give my predictions on who will likely not win the NCAA championship. (laughs) Haven't had the best of luck recently on making my NCAA tournament predictions. But anyways. Make sure to tune in, Talking Sports with Evan, each and every week, Talking Sports. You can tweet at me at Evan with Sports. You can email the show, Talking Sports with Evan at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan. Give me a follow. And you can find the show on Spotify, Talking Sports with Evan. Give it a like, give it a follow, give it a rating, give it a just, you know, whatever. Do the same on iTunes. And let's build me up. Let's build this show up a little bit. So with that, I'll get back with you next week. And uh, hope you all have a great rest of your week. And stay safe if you're in the snow zone in southeastern Wisconsin right now.